is Guacamole, one of the best games of all time. No. I think that sound means it starts. It has started recording. Oh, did you get a sound? Yeah, it's like a um, like white noise sound in the background. I think we're rolling. So, uh, hello, every- whoops, hello everyone, and welcome back to the best games of all time podcast. Uh, tonight we are talking about Guacamelee, which is a, uh, I guess what you'd call a Metroidvania style game. Uh, that was originally released for PS3 in 2013, and it's on basically uh, everything else since then. It's on Switch now, and I just played it on Switch, uh, but I know Brandon has some experience with it in the past. Um, and Brandon's with me, by the way, if you want to say hello. Hello, I'm here. He's here. And uh, so, we, so we're just going to jump uh, right into it. Uh, opening statement. This game is like a very friendly person whom you meet at a party, and they're like overly nice. They're very friendly. They're very interested in finding out what you're interested in and pointing out how you guys like the same stuff. So, for example, they might hear that you like the NES Mega Man games and they are ready to talk with you about how, oh, yeah, actually, they're better than the X series Mega Man games. They're very generous. They're telling you, oh, yeah, we should connect after this and I'll let you borrow that. Or maybe they hear that you really badly want to play Half-Life Alex, but you do not own a $10,000 gaming rig. Uh, with uh, VR setup, and so they're like, oh, you should come over to my place, and you can play Half-Life Alex for yourself. Um, there's something about this person that you find annoying. Mm-mm. Like, maybe you think they have an annoying voice, or they have an annoying laugh. Um, but the the most important thing, and we must emphasize this, is that they appear to be very genuine. In wanting to connect with you, it's not like a, a con to you know get you to join their multi-level marketing scheme or something like that. They genuinely want to hang out. They are friendly to a fault, probably to an unnecessary degree. They're going to tell you some bad jokes, and you're going to have to laugh at them. Uh, and I'm just talking about the game now. This is a game that cares about you, and it just wants you to have a good time, and Brandon, I think you'll agree with me in saying that we respect it for that. Definitely respect it. And I think, yeah, that analogy of the the person at the party, um, it's very much like the difference, like you're saying, between being annoyed with them and, and cutting some slack, right? It's like, bro, Aaron, like, you know, guacamole, like super cool, but... Sometimes he just tries too hard and he just won't shut up. Like he just but, tries too hard. Right. Yeah. But but then you're but then you're like cut in, you're like, yeah, but like but he's super like he means what he says and he's like super genuine. And I'm like, Yeah, I know, I know, you're right, you're right. And it's like mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, uh, oh, you like Mega Man, you're super into Mega Man, and then just rambles on about Mega Man where it's like, okay, like 
that's enough guacamole. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're good. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you give it the benefit of the doubt because it is super authentic and it, and it does care though. Uh, it does. So, yeah. 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 And I think on the last episode, um, we were talking about like games that try to be perfect. Mm. Right. And, uh, this is a game that is not very interested in being like objectively perfect. Um, like we might say Celeste is. Celeste is a very simple game that does one thing very well, uh, which is easy. Uh, it's it's easier to call a game perfect, I think, if, it, if that's what it sets out to do. Mm. And we're going to talk about Celeste uh, in greater detail later. Um, but to compare it with Guacamelee right now, Guacamelee is it's more interested in just letting you do stuff like this. There's a... There's a couple fight sequences in the game where there are a bunch of skeletons, like easy-ass enemies, and there's a ceiling covered in spinning razor blades. And you're just meant to go to town, picking up the skeletons and flinging them into the ceiling and watching Mm -hmm. them explode. And there are tons of scenes like that in the game that are sort of out of step with the way the game's difficulty curve is developing, it progressively gets harder and harder. But then it will just throw you a little bone in the form of that kind of fun, like, little uh, side excursion of, like, hey, just have, just go to town uh, mm-hmm. destroying these skeletons. So it just wants you to have fun. Um, it, I think maybe to its discredit really does want to make some jokes to you <laughs> and uh in to such a degree that it undermines its own world and its attempts to give you a sense of place um and we're going to talk more about that also later but it is a fun game it's a good ass game and we apologize uh, we applaud it for that for sure unapologetically yeah sorry um yes yeah no it it's a it's a good ass game and it's it pulls from so many other games in a successful way so many other successful games uh in a way that i i want to be forgiving of it when it goes too far with that Mm -hmm. um so I don't know how much into that you want to get, but no, I uh, think so. Like it, it, an example of, I think an example of one thing I think it does really well is making this world that has all these like, in a classic Vania style way, like has all these interconnecting areas, right? And mm -hmm. it's like you you go all the way to the end of this tunnel or something and then you climb up a wall and all of a sudden you're in this other area that you've already been to and you didn't even know they connected like that right it has Mm -hmm. a sort of labyrinthian quality where the map is really interestingly laid out that way and it's fun to go oh i was making it all the way here the whole time and i didn't even notice where it goes too far is like there's a scene there's a section where there's just a fucking Mega Man, like a picture of Mega Man, like on a wall made out of uh, like bricks in the wall. And it's just clearly Mega Man. And it's like, yep, that's Mega Man. I see that. Yeah, I remember that one, too. And so (laughs) it's like that kind of thing. Uh, 
it's like like I enjoy the um, the meticulous study and sort of recycling of Castlevania style level layouts that the game has, uh, but I don't enjoy the Mega Man picture aspect as much. Yeah, it's it it moves out of the territory of Easter eggs, if you you know would call it that, to just mm-hmm. being like it encroaches into a space where I start to wonder, like, how much of this game is yours? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it's it, it's one thing to nod at things, but it's another to have everything be plastered around. You know, it's like a collection of all of my favorite things. Um, and it stops being a nod or a wink, and it starts just being, you know, a pile of stuff. And mm-hmm. I love, you know, it sounds, you know, I sound like an asshole. I guess I'm an asshole, like, whatever, but, like, I like video games. I like video game culture. I like all of the nostalgic nods to things. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm here to play your game and I want to see your spin on things and this kind of thing. I don't, I don't want to see your collection of the things that looks like my collection of things. Um, yeah. 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 It's like there's one scene where you're falling down a really long pit and there's, I think it's coins or something. I can't remember what you can collect falling, whatever the game's like currency is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just like that level in Mario 3 mm-hmm. where you are falling and collecting coins as you go down, like moving Mario in the air to get right. all the coins. And uh, it's like, that's about the level. It's like, yeah, that's okay. Like, it's okay to make that reference. Right, um, exactly. Because that's not—it's not overt. It's not in your face. It's like, oh, okay, I, I get this. I remember this type of scene, but it's—it's it's still guacamole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, versus a Mega Man statue is in no like, <laughs> it doesn't work. There's nothing guacamole. Like, what is this? It's—it's it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a too much. Yeah. There's like a, you go to the desert and there's like a Final Fantasy cactuar. Just like right. it's just there. It's like it's not an enemy or anything. It's just like a picture of a cactuar basically and you're like "Mm -hmm, i remember that one too good one dude so um so yeah a good example because that's that's exactly a way of like where subtlety could be employed where they could have put that somewhere and tucked it away so that a a a very you know scrutinous eye would have to come across it to find it Mm -hmm. and kind of build the the uh whatever the not the hype but the the uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but they like, have to dig for it to yeah, find it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, make it more of exactly versus just being. I think it's literally just like at the top of a hill, sitting there, and, and instead put it far in the backdrop or put it, mm-hmm. you know, on a shelf or something that's way more uh, challenging to find. And then and then you build the like, oh look at this, these devs are really into games. Look at the stuff, look at the neat stuff they tucked away for you to go and find. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a better approach. I mean, it it is very much it's bending over backwards to please and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, we're buds, right? You you remember this stuff too, right? Um, it is it wants to please. Um, let's pivot to talking about its difficulty for a, sure. a little bit here. Um, it wants to please. It has one of the most enjoyable difficulty curves I've come across in mm. a game. 
Um, it's okay with being a quote-unquote easy game. Um, I didn't really, I don't think, die in a combat sequence until close to like halfway through the game or a little past mm-hmm. that. It gives you tons of time to get familiar with its many, many mechanics. Um, and there are frequent checkpoints uh, such that, I mean, there's no, there's no live system. Um, there's a checkpoint every few rooms, almost every room. And then you can, you know, if you die, you just go back to that checkpoint. And uh, it, it is an example of just how the game wants you to have fun with it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it, because if, if you were playing a sort of retro game with the level of difficulty that Guacamelee has for some of its sections, this would require you to, because they're so hard, it would require you to like memorize levels, basically. Um, in that it's like, I got to solve this super hard thing and remember how to do that, then go to the next super hard thing and remember how to do that and do that like five more times and then I complete the level and then I'm done. Whereas Guacamelee just has a checkpoint after every super hard thing. So you clear one, and then you go to the next one. You never have to do that previous one mm-hmm. uh, ever again. And uh, yeah, it's just I I really appreciate that and how it's not interested in being. I mean, if to play like a Contra now or something like that, or like an old treasure game, it those are those are like proto massacre games because they're just so hard and they're made hard by largely by the like the live or continue or save system or whatever it is for that game that's in place and guacamelee just does away with all of that it lets you have the hard stuff that is fun mm-hmm. uh, to to conquer but then it lets you move on to that thing once you've done it and do another one versus having to go back to the very beginning when you lose all your lives yeah it definitely focuses on the respect of the challenge at hand right like it's not about like those massacre games like stringing them together which is fine for those types of games um but even you know like there's certain platforming elements where you're uh or you know platforming sequences or puzzles um where when you die you just teleport back like it's not even to the checkpoint it's just to the last ledge you were on totally um and it, it's you know the there's a hyper focus on i think this does come from like a an overarching focus on the fun like you're saying it just wants you to have fun but then there's a hyper focus on nope like you screwed that up but we just we really want you to just do this thing mm-hmm. and that forgiveness and like i guess that safety net it, it makes it fun where I think this type of that type of puzzle uh, or challenge in a game can turn people off from, you know, it, the genre of massacre, where it's just like, no, I don't, I don't want to be punished. Um, and so, yeah, they, that's a testament to the, to the fun brawler, overarching theme that they put into this game is like, uh, we're still going to give you challenges though. So it, they, they really rode that line superbly. I feel like. Yeah, and I. It it goes back to something we've talked about before. It might have been off uh, air, but it's like this game is much more a fit for where I'm at in my life right mm. now um, than something like a Celeste is. 
because and that's for a couple reasons. One is that when I'm playing games, at least half the time I'm playing with a four-year-old next to mm-hmm. me watching, and he just doesn't want to watch me fail over and over and over <laughs> right. and do the same thing over and over because it's boring to see the same thing over and over for him. Um, so Guacamelee is a good match there, and it's also a, a good match just in the sense that in my gaming time that has become more and more limited, I just don't want to spend it feeling frustrated for mm-hmm. like the majority of the time I'm playing. And that's why I kind of bounced off of Celeste, even though I look at Celeste and I'm like, man, it's just so like pure and it's what I say I want from games. But mm-hmm. when I sit down to play, if I, if I had a choice between those two, I'd be like, oh, I'd probably rather just play Guacamelee, you know? Yeah. For those gonna, reasons. Exactly. It's going to give you more, more of the feel good, uh, Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of a big baby, but in that regard, <laughs> I think. But it did make me rethink um, just kind of how, like, game difficulty and how a game's commercial environment is often what is responsible for, um, like, the system of saves or lives or continues or whatever it is that is really part and parcel with that difficulty. Right, it's like if you were making, um, you know, Castlevania in the early '90s, or Thunder Force Four, or even like Super Mario World. Your primary, one of your primary kind of directives was to make a game that people could not beat in a single rental. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that I think it's in that book Game Over by David Sheff. It's like a history of Nintendo. I read it so long ago, I can't really remember. But one of the things that I remember that came out of that was like devs being told, like, you need to make games that can't be beaten in a single rental. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo was at war with the the blockbusters of the day um, for allowing people to rent games because it meant that they wouldn't buy the games themselves. They just rent them and beat them and then rent another game. So, you know, that's in a lot of ways what that says is that a game's continues or live system is a product of its commercial environment and then compare that with guacamelee right it's like guacamelee's goal there's so many games now and there's just so many ways to entertain yourself including the thing we talked about in the hades episode the special thing that you can only do by yourself in a dark room Mm -hmm. if you lock the door there's so many things you can do with your time now that um, you know, it's like you can see how Guacamelee saves or continue system comes out of just wanting to make something that is always fun to play mm-hmm. when you pick it up. And then maybe you recommend it to a friend and maybe that's how the game takes off. It's like the old the old approach to saves and lives have, and continues doesn't work anymore because of that. So I think it, for Guacamelee, it, it goes back to just wanting to deliver a super fun kind of casual experience but that's fine with me it's very fun uh and i love it for that yeah i think you know even like you're saying like oh i'm a baby because i like it to be easier to, to feel good and it's like no i i don't i don't think it's that at all i think it's it, it's it's just about i don't always need to be punished like i can like i want to feel good and i want to play something that's 
fun to look at and and has challenges and that's more than good enough you know that's that's a that's actually that's higher than what the bar is set for for most games that come up uh these days so mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah it's well I it's, think yeah i to talk about the final boss of the game i beat the final boss in i want to say like five tries which to me is like the perfect mm. level of uh or number of tries for a final boss uh, and of course, always restarting at just the very beginning of the fight because there's a checkpoint right there. And Hyperlight Drifter, one of the best games of all time, by the way, was the same. Um, it, that to me, it's just the perfect number of attempts. It, I appreciate the difficulty there. It feels like I'm surmounting something, mm-hmm. but it's not at the point where I'm taken out of the game by my own frustration. And I'm like, okay, there's this very specific pattern that the dev wants me to memorize or specific animation that the dev wants me to memorize so that I can dodge it. Um, mm-hmm. And unless I can do that, I'm not going to be able to to beat it. I was still in the game, just sort of reacting in real time and doing the best I could. And after about five tries, I beat it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, the, that's a good final boss to me. Yeah, I think... That like the final boss exactly like in five turns or five tries, uh, you can expand that across, like you were saying before the 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 ramp of difficulty across the game, where it's approachable and kind of sets you back a, a little bit and just often enough that you still make progress but you still feel like you have to overcome something, um, and they do that in this final boss but they, it's it's a recap of what you've just experienced over the, the, the whole game. Um, yeah, really well done. I don't know. Um, totally. Yeah. Good game. Um, let's talk about the mechanics in the game. Um, it has a lot of mechanics and it's, it's a that's a critical point for me because uh, I think I've said in you know in the past that I want a game to be pure and simple and just have like it's like hey this is what you do in the game and let's see as developers every ounce of gameplay that we can squeeze out of that little set of mechanics and again this goes back to uh, Celeste. Um, you know, it's it. Celeste is like, it's kind of like a perfect game for what it does, right? Um, it, there's some sort of like, sort of extraneous like story stuff that I don't really appreciate in the game, but on the whole, like it, it's just very simple. Does one thing over and over. What it does, mm-hmm. it feels good, and to me, that's sort of like the ideal game. It, at least that's what I want to say. Um, and it was I listened to this podcast called Insert Credit, and they just did this uh, ranking episode. Every year they like re-rank the best games of all time with mm. different formats. So like this year, um, the listeners sent in their votes for the best games of all time, and then mm-hmm. the panelists had to rank those games that 
that made it in via listener votes, so it wasn't their own choices. And Celeste went at the top. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I think that's a good choice for best game yeah. of all time. If you just look at like what Celeste is and uh, totally. what, it, what it does well, right? It's like simple. Um, it it is like maybe one of the best iterations of like Mario or Mario three. Um, it looks really good. It runs very well uh, on any hardware that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on because it has a unique visual style that just works for whatever it's running on. Um, it, and I would say it, it adds that component that Guacamole has of the checkpoint system, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, each of the challenges is very uh, uh, like segmented off. Where mm-hmm. this is the focus here, and and even the story. Like I actually. Uh, love the story components. Of oh, okay. It. So okay. I think I think yeah. Like I think we have to do a, a a Celeste episode. Like I'm glad you're. Totally. I'm glad you're into it because um. It, yeah, but the, anyway, that's interesting to hear about the the ranking there that it's still popping up. Um, but I get why. Yeah. Right. It it just makes sense. It's like you you see it up there and you're like, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I can see that. Right. Um, made by a small team of people has a ton of heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, I, one of the things, one of the reasons we we're saying that it, it's kind of a perfect game is because it has that very small set of mechanics, which largely revolve around jumping and, and being able to hold onto the wall mm-hmm. for a little bit, right? Um, and Guacamole has a lot more mechanics than that. It has many different moves you can do. There's combat on top of the platforming, there's the like dimension shifting kind of mm-hmm. deal um there's different enemies that require different like moves to use in a certain order to hit them it's much more mechanically complicated than celeste just from an, an objective point of view regardless of how it feels like moment to moment to play it mm-hmm. um it, so i'm like well celeste is better because <laughs> it has few mechanics and it just gets everything out of but then i'm like what do i want to play more I'd yeah, much rather play. I think I'd just rather play Guacamole than Celeste and throw some skeletons off a cliff. And uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. When when I think about that, like the number of mechanics that it has, and uh, you know, all the the move set is is huge. Um, and even down to like the combat, right? Like there's the final boss, but then even just the enemies themselves, like they're painted in different colors to signify the move that you have to use on them to break their shield so you can attack them. Um, and part of me starts walking down the road where I say like, okay, reduce that down and kind of, you know, instead of painting them in that shield color, just have the, that be an attribute of that character. He's wearing a yellow, uh, uh, like poncho. So you have to use the, the headbutt. Um, but I immediately double back on that because back to what you're saying it's like that's the one you want to go back to play because it's fun and it and it it just keeps everything on the surface and it just lets it you know as complicated as it is it lets it be what it is and it's a brawler and fun and loud and uh like accessible and and like uh, surmountable um and i actually i i do i don't have too much of a problem with the the over abundance 
of uh, modality for moving around. Um, I wonder how much of that is born out of the fact that they did merge platforming movement and combat mm-hmm. together, right? Like, uh, there's no double jump, but really there is. You jump and you uppercut, um, mm-hmm. but that's a combat move. And so it's almost like they approached like, hey, we need traversal and we need combat and look, we can overlap them. And in doing that, you end up with what looks like a very large move set. Um, but what I think what it really is, is the exposure of um, this merged like uh, movement right. and, and combat. Yeah. 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 I can see that. It's like they're, so they are getting some use out of, the combat mechanics right for platforming segments basically yeah um that that's totally right and i guess the stuff that i'm thinking of is like the the dimension shifting also totally um and it it's like they they probably could have made the game just without that in it and it would have been it's totally inter integral to the game don't get me wrong but it's like they could have made an eight to 10 hour game which is what it is with just the mechanics that they had outside of the the dimension shifting thing but the dimension shifting stuff rules right it's like there's all those awesome puzzles where you are like rocketing across they're not puzzles Mm -hmm. they're platforming i guess where it's like you're rocketing across the screen and you have to change the dimension as you go yeah. to avoid running into like a wall yep. um, and those feel super fun to do and they probably didn't get near the amount of juice they could have gotten out of that mechanic but mm-hmm. looking at the game as a whole I'm like it's just kind of okay because it's fun it's like you know you move on from that to like a, a different fun platforming segment that involves the the dodge that you can yep. do in the air to dodge through the spikes. Um, or, you know, then it'll be another battle where you're flinging three skeletons across the room and hitting six others and they all blow up. Um, there's, there's a lot of different stuff to do in the game, but, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I wish that it was a little more streamlined because yeah. I mean that's what we dinged Hades for, right? Is like there's just too much stuff in the yep. game. Yeah, it's a it's a victim of its own successes in that you know it's like wow that was a really fun like you're saying you know the what is the lateral traversal where you fly across and you have to change you know and dodge, um, and then you forget about it and then now it's the one where I have to jump and fall into the portals and they change and I have to dodge and and it's like a totally different type. While still being similar, but it creates a different enough feel where at the end, when you look at them all together, uh, it feels not—I don't want to say disjointed, but it feels—it it feels overabundant in what it gives you, and you lose that kind of tightness and that streamlined feel and focus. Um, I mean, I guess one of the results of that is you never get super good at one thing because mm-hmm. the game never requires you to do that really right yeah which going back i mean and the other side of that is that you're never required to grind on something right that you don't enjoy Mm -hmm. uh which is that gift of of entertainment and joy and like oh that was fun um Mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah. So it, that that criticism ends up being a compliment on its goal of the fun brawler again that that party party aspect that it wanted to bring to life so yeah it's it's funny because i feel the same way you do about it where it's like i wouldn't put it up there with celeste uh but it does have more of an appeal in many more ways so yeah it's it's almost like a film that you it's like you know it's real good and you've seen it one time but you just don't ever want to watch it again yeah or yeah. something like that yeah that's interesting i was, I was thinking like, it's not that i didn't enjoy it it's just that i don't i don't need to do it again yeah mm. yeah so i mean i guess and I, I wonder it's like are there other games that do i mean i another mechanic just occurred to me which is like turning into a chicken <laughs> and going yeah. through the like the little tiny passages and that's another one where it's like they didn't get nearly as much out of that as they could mm-hmm. but i'm like it's fine because like it's fun to be the chicken and it's i mean it's fun to be the chicken and the yeah. chicken has like a very funny uh like attack sound mm-hmm. and maybe we can like put it in the uh, <laughs> podcast about. Um, it's got a good. Cl- it's got a good. Uh, no, it's not a cluck. It's like a scream. Yeah, it's scream. like a scream. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real. It's a real nice chicken scream, <laughs> and uh, the animation on the chicken is very funny and good. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's it's fine. So and I, so I'm wondering like are there other games like this and I can't think any off the top of my head where I'm like this game has too many mechanics and it just kind of sucks because like it's not focused enough like mm-hmm. I'm never getting very good at one specific thing I wonder if there's something special about this game just in how it manages to juggle so many mechanics but it sort of doles them out in the right way and in the right order and makes sure that each instance of the mechanics deployment is very fun, and that's why it skates by. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then while, and at the same time while doing that, then like you said, throwing you into a room that has no consequence and is just like, hey, how many skeletons can you throw into the, the saw blades? Um and so it kind of snaps you out, like, even when you start to focus on, like, what am I doing here? I'm a chicken, I'm flying around, and then here's a pinata party room, and it kind of reminds you, like, what you're doing here, and it's just uh, brawling. You're all out just just jumping around the screen and, and you know, being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is, it's confident in that, and that's something that we've talked about in games. Like, while it isn't confident in being... In, in building its own lore and being itself that way, mm-hmm. it is confident in its uh, like quirky, multifaceted uh, you know experiences that it that it gives. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think p- part of it might be because wasn't this their first game? I think Three they actually Fox. had. I think they had one before this. Called okay. um, it, oh, this no, is their first. This is their first big game. It was called like uh, the Blob, something 
Tales from Space about a blob. About a blob. Okay. Yeah. Um, I listened to the postmortem on that one when they were, you know, moving from that into Guacamelee, and they learned a ton from it, which was cool. Uh Um, But you can tell, like, as much as they talked about reining in the the creative sprawl from about a blob that they suffered from, you can still tell that you know there's there's too much packed in here. You know, there, there's too much excitement, there's too much creativity, and and too many angles. So, um, and I wish I don't want like this is about the first one and not the second, but like it it I feel like it doesn't get better in the second one. I feel like they they actually go off on a different direction <laughs> that causes problems. So I feel like Guacamelee is like. It's a good, it's a good, uh, I don't, I was gonna say they peaked and now, then it really sounded like an asshole. Um, but it's a, it's a good vault point that they reached with that one. Uh huh. Yeah. Wonder if it's an issue of like, it's like, yeah, we like the, um, I don't know. We like the, the like world phasing, phasing between the two worlds and Link Mm -hmm. to the Past. We like the wall jumping in. Mm-hmm. Mario, we like the, um, I don't know. You you can think of other ones, but um, statues and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, pretty pretty much all the mechanics of Super Metroid, right? There's nothing that they that they didn't steal from that. You know, mm-hmm. well, instead of turning into a ball, you're a chicken. But it's, uh, yeah. Let's think. Of, let's talk about Super Metroid too, because. Um, you know that sure is a game that has a an idea of what it wants its world to convey, and it is so good at that. Mm-hmm. And it even today it um it feels like you're in a place with its own rules, and you're just there, and you're not really going to understand them, you know, and you're just trying to survive. And uh, this game is really the kind of polar opposite of that, in that it does go out of its way to kind of like we said, I guess make you laugh, but it, it just takes you out of the world over and over with the stuff like the cactuar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's so many examples of ref- too many to count almost of references to like castle crashers, castle like, crashers. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah all the billboards just crashers, like yeah the overabundance of billboards that reference things it's like fucking uh, strong bad from homestar runner hate, which is like some strong bad yeah yeah and i think i mean we hammered hades for this but it's like what we talked about in hades with the dog mm-hmm. you could you could pet the dog and give the dog pets <laughs> and that being like the phrase get give the dog give a dog pets is like something that people only started saying and a few years ago and it's like internet dog culture and this is on a much larger and much worse scale yeah this is this is like uh meme meme culture overrunning kind of you know or like look we, we ref- look we're pointing at that thing that people make jokes about and it's like yeah we we were there. Um, remember that one, dude? Yep. Yep. Still remember <laughs> it's, it's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like gaming culture, that kind of thing, just like kind of grosses me out. And like, I don't know. Like, if I see someone with like a Mario bumper sticker, I'm like, come on, man. I don't know. It's just like, it's totally not my thing. 
And uh, I don't know. It that really dragged me down playing this. It got in the way. It just it just got in the way too much. Like I really think just if you just toned it down a little bit, you could have the same number of references, uh-huh. but just not in my face. And I think that's really what it was. Where it was just like, you know, it's back to that 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 guy at the party. It's like you're just you're just standing too close. That's all. <laughs> like if you if you would just back up, we'd be fine. And I've I've given you all the signals to do that, and you're still standing too close. Like, still be- <laughs> um, so just too close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I guess I'm always gonna come down on the side of like the Super Metroid like approach to world building in that in in that comparison between a game that does that and then a game that is going to hit you with a bunch of like you know references and uh i don't know it's just it it sure does undermine its own world in a lot of ways which is kind of unfortunate i'm not saying it needs to be ultra serious but i wish the humor of the game was confined to the game world yes totally yeah, I think that's that's the part that's so dissatisfying about it is it's like you've like the the tapping on you know Mexican culture and Day of the Dead and this color palette and like all of these and even the music it's like you have something here like sure lean on lean on the past experiences and and the, you know the past designs to make something fresh mm-hmm. and then it completely wipes that away when when then it's just all jokes about all of those things. And it's like, well, but what are you then? You know, it's a, you're, it's a pinata, like pinata of all the games of the past. And I guess that kind of sounds fun, but yeah, it, it gave me the same kind of disappointing, like, like, who are you? Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, who are you? And I, I mean, even Enter the Gungeon, which is filled with references to other media properties, it's done in a more kind of like oblique way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, there's a little, almost like a bit of a riddle to solve with it. And then you're like, oh, that's what this gun is referencing. And also the whole game is just sort of a big joke since it's about guns. And right. guns are kind of stupid and it's sort of making fun of guns and it just kind of works right whereas in guacamelee it's like it's the big picture of mega man on a wall right, right. so yeah i don't know man i mean that's that's kind of where i land on it is like it it sure is good and it sure mm-hmm. is fun and uh i, I don't want to say like it needs to take itself more seriously but maybe it needs to rein itself in just in terms of, uh, you know, how focused it is on being like, hey, remember this classic game thing? It's like Ready Player One or something. Yeah, it was very Ready Player One. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree. It doesn't, I don't want to go down the path of needing to take itself more seriously because we have plenty of games that do that. It's be confident in your quirk. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like we talked about that in Katamari. Like that's what it nailed. Is it's just like it was its yeah. thing. Um and I just I want Guacamelee just to be its thing. Like you're talking like, a brawler game about a luchador, like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and the the it has some story elements that are that could be interesting that you know they go on and use again in the second game and all this stuff. But like, just keep it right there. And I think mm-hmm. you can see that that's exactly it. Is this game was not able to just keep it right there, whether it was the combat or references or like the 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 variety of puzzles. Like it 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 didn't rein it in enough in all these little ways, uh, but it was still a ton of fun. So the combat is really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love when the door slams on you and, and it's just like, all right, it's time to brawl. Like I yeah. love those moments. Uh, yeah. I think it, what jumps out to me, what jumps out to me about the combat is it has this really cool mechanic where you are trying to not, uh, knock the enemy away from you, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like a fighting game kind of situation where you end up building your own combos organically out of the move set, depending on you know what ways you've approached the enemy and like you know how what position the enemy's in, and you're oftentimes trying to get the enemy into the air. Because if I recall, like your basic combo, like knocks them away from you mm-hmm. across the screen, and so your Streets of Rage is really similar to this in that there are no combos, like button combinations that you are meant to put in per se, like a to do a Hadouken or something like that in Street Fighter. But mm-hmm. you end up figuring out it's like, okay, if I I can punch this dude, grab them, punch them two more times flip over them and then fling them away with like a suplex type of deal. And that does the most damage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Guacamelee is very similar where I feel like you're trying to, you're basically trying to knock the enemy into the air and then use all your different like super attacks, like um, the, like the dash forward, which hits the enemy, the uppercut, like the frog slam where you slam him from the top mm-hmm. the headbutt. Um, the headbutt's awesome in the game, by the way, very fun. And, uh, and then you're, it's like you used up all your juice and then you can throw them after that. But it's a cool thing in that you sort of figure that out on your own, right? It's like, oh man, if I keep just knocking the enemies away from me, then I only hit him a couple times and they're still alive by the time mm-hmm. I knock them away. So you have to figure that out for yourself. And it just sort of comes naturally, which is very cool. Yeah. And the, and the use of the counter too, to incentivize you to do that. It's like, Oh, okay. I see. You know, like the, the timing on it, it goes away pretty quickly. So if there's any pause in your combat, you lose that reset. And so it's a nice reinforcement mechanism to like train you like, if if you want to get this thing higher, you need to you know get them off the ground, group them together, and then you know yeah, like throw them across the room into another pile and restart that cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think the combat is one of the I think the combat is the most solid part of this game. Both totally. And that's why that's why I, I have a like the the breadth of all of the abilities you have. Um, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think we were talking like, is that hard? Would it be hard to come up with that? Do you think? I want to. Yeah, 
I, I struggle with this question because, you know, it's easy. It's just so easy as an armchair player or armchair dev to be like, no, that's easy. I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. come on. You know, it's, here's seven moves and here's a string. The, the hard part is the part where they brought it all together in a way that it works really tightly. And like, not, and that's not to say that doing it to begin with isn't hard, but I think the really challenging part is the part where you have the uh, combat timer or the combat counter with the timer on it mm-hmm. that works in a way with the room size that you can, you know, make the mistake, but you can see where if I had done this differently, I could have kept that timer going or that counter mm-hmm. going. Um, and then there is the part, you know, then you can like talk about the stuff that I think a lot of combat games talk about, which is like the frames it takes to do this versus that. And um, yeah, that's interesting. You say like the headbutt is super satisfying, which I agree. It has a great feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is again, in the timing, like it's very easy to screw that up and you leave yourself open for enemies to hit you. Mm-hmm. But once you get the timing of when and where to use it, it's freaking amazing because you're just like you're, you're headbutt them and you smash them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's the part that I think is hard. Um, yeah, that's well said. And and what what really interested me that you said is like how it, like it's all designed based on the different rooms that you're in, right? And so each each uh, little combat sequence is like its own level, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah. yeah, because you have to you have to keep the combat counter going, and uh, it it's harder to do that depending on you know if there are like platforms in the air that the enemy gets knocked into, and that would be another hard thing too. Is like okay, this is the the room layout. How do we um, put this? How do we like? What number of enemies do we put in here, and in what configuration mm-hmm. to make it so that this is fits on the game? Sort of like ever escalating curve of difficulty. Yeah, that's yeah. sort of the remarkable thing about it. I think. Yeah, I was just I was heading there with you with like the the sequencing. If you took if you were somehow able to line up all of the the rooms that you have combat in, uh, and then rank them in order of like you know easy to challenging. Um, I feel like it would be the order that you experience them in this game, which I think is a testament to how aware they were of what they were doing on that difficulty curve. Um, and that's, I think that is very hard to do because I, I can think of more games than not where something, it, you know, something's way too hard too early or you get to the end and it's all too easy because you're overpowered. Um, mm. They keep introducing things and reusing things in new ways that just keep that that difficulty curve ramping up steadily across 10 hours which is that's pretty cool i mean that's not that's not an easy thing to do but yeah. i don't see that often so i really don't think that's that's easy to do yeah it's good man it's real good this game is one of the really goodest games of all time <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the goodest yeah um it, it, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. It's like if the world was better, the, the, the sort of world building, building was better. Would it be one of the best games of all time? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it 
I, it's not like the, necessarily the references that kill it, but it does feel too referential even outside of the Mega Man's of the, mm-hmm. you know, the Mega Man references and the Final Fantasy references and stuff. Um, it just, it almost feels too derivative of like too many different things to feel like its own thing. Whereas Celeste is a Mario clone in a lot of ways, but it still feels like its own thing. You know, yeah, it's like Celeste is an entry in a genre of games, and it may be the best entry in that genre. But, and this is like, what genre, Guacamelee, it's like, what genre is this even? You know, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's a Metroidvania that has uh, combat and it, it feels like it's too... I mean, all Metroidvanias have combat, right? But it just feels like it, it has too many different things going on, like we like we talked about, to really feel singular, I if think, that makes sense. Uh, it does make sense. And that's that's... Yeah, that's like exactly... That's like the perfect summary sentence of why this game doesn't make it. And as I say that, like, I really, I think a game like Guacamelee could do it. I think, it, I do think it could have been, even with all of that packed in, it could have been, could be a best game of all time if it just stayed true. And, 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 and that was the focus because you think about the, you know, the story of the luchador and like what his struggle is and like there could, it doesn't have to be again, deep or serious. Um, but just staying on the path of where you're going, what your what the lore is, and what you're building. Um, I don't know. I, even as I say that, I'm like, could it? So, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. I really want it to be. I think that's that's the thing. Is like, it's got so much good stuff going, and it does so much well that I really want it to be. But it just doesn't get there for me. Yeah, it's just it's just missing a je ne sais quoi. If that's the <laughs> the right term to use i think but it's just it doesn't feel singular it doesn't feel like a you know it's like these are these are these are the our video games here's if you want to know what a video game is play these 10 yeah video games or something it doesn't feel like that um which is frustrating it's frustrating for me because i completely agree with you but like what name another game like guacamelee like you know, like and and sure, mm-hmm. it 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 pulls from a lot of things from other games, but like name another game that brings all this together in such an enjoyable way. So that's why I'm I'm frustrated with myself that I can't call it a best game of all time because it it does something that games don't do. Um, but maybe maybe that's maybe that thing it does that takes on too much, and best games of all time don't do that. I don't know. Uh, this one feels weird. This one doesn't feel as like as easy to say. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I think it's it's not focused enough. It's not maybe for our taste. It's but it, I mean, then it's like you know, what do I want to play? This or Celeste? I'd probably rather play this, but I think Celeste is better. And <laughs> yeah, right. So I get it. I agree. It's interesting. Yeah, like what what is that? Um, I don't know. Yeah. So fun game, good game, a generous game that cares about you, 
that wants you to have a good time. Uh, good chicken noises in this great, game. <laughs> great chicken sounds just just stands a little too close. Yeah, just a little. Just bro, just back up just a little <laughs> bit, okay? And that's all we're asking. Um, so yeah, I think that that about does it. That's a wrap. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, if you would like to check out show notes, you can do so at our website, which is best games of all time podcast dot com. And you can also email us at I have to look up the email address because I forgot it. It is uh best games pod at gmail.com. So feel free to send your comments, questions. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, if you enjoyed what you listened to, uh, giving us a rating or a review on your podcast listening platform of choice, that would help us out a lot. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Peace.